virtual studio for CFRC 101.9 FM. I have with me Paige, who is a part of Special Olympics Kingston, and she'll be talking with us about an awesome initiative to raise money for the organization. So before we get into it, Paige, um, can you just tell us a little bit about yourself and your studies at Queen's University? Um, I'm in my fourth year um, studying biology and I'm currently writing my honors thesis. Um, I'm also minoring in um, gender studies and I'm completing the sexual and gender diversity certificate. Wow, good for you. <laughs> A lot on your plate for sure. How is that? Oh, it's busy. Last semester of undergrad, which mm -hmm. is stressful, but I'm excited to, to graduate. Yeah, for sure. Um, so why did you choose to get involved with Special Olympics Kingston and what's your role within the organization? Um, so I kind of stumbled upon them, which is really cool. And I'm happy. I, I'm really glad that I did. Um, I was uh, speaking with a member from a different curling club and I got the clubs confused. So when I went to the Garrison Curling Club on the, the base in Kingston, the Special Olympics were practicing an hour later. And um, I wasn't aware that I was at the wrong club. So I just assumed I would volunteer with them instead. <laughs> and the dates mixed up. So then I just continued, continued to go and volunteer and coach with um, the Special Olympics Shot Rocks program that runs on the Sundays. And um, I wish I would have started earlier because um, COVID restrictions and then I had to move home. Right. And, my fourth year, I won't be able to go back up next year. So I don't get to continue to do that. So I kind of missed out on a little bit um, with them, but hopefully when I decided to um, have this program with them and include the Special Shot Rocks and then the Gears and Eagles, it still lets me stay involved and stay in contact with them, even mm. though I'm not actually with them, which is nice. Yeah, definitely. Um, and so the organization is hosting a native perennial seed sale to raise money for program costs and increase awareness of a local conservation issue. So can you tell us a little bit more about the program's offer that will be receiving help thanks to this initiative? Um, so the two organizations that will be receiving the actual, the money that we're raising is the Special Big Shot Rocks and the Garrison Eagles Golf Programs. So they, they will be receiving the fundraisers for those programs to split um, and use for whatever costs or anything that they, they need. Um, but we're also promoting um, local uh, conservation organizations through our page. So from now until the very end of the seed sale and then when we distribute the seed packets, we're using the Facebook page to um, advertise the, the packages, but then also um, educate anyone who follows us with um, topics regarding conservation biology, urbanization, uh, biodiversity loss, um, the different local conservation organizations that they can, other people can volunteer with. Like there's the community garden network that's already in Kingston. They have a garden set up that you can participate with. Mm -hmm. um, there's other um, volunteer organizations or other nurseries that you can go to and you can participate with. Like it's just, just getting the word out of not just us, but other ways that you can stay involved in. Mm -hmm. Great. Um, and why did the group decide specifically to sell native perennial seeds? 
so this program was created as a requirement for a so I'm taking this semester. So my conservation biology course has a final project where you have to um, address a local biodiversity issue or local conservation issue, probably in Kingston or in around in Ontario. Mm -hmm. So I chose um, the native perennial seed sale because COVID-19 restrictions kind of make it hard to get out and implement a project that you can prove that you've actually implemented and done something with. Mm -hmm. uh, so, and the fact that I'm remote from a different province, it, using, creating a fundraiser and using the help from another organization that I'm also involved in made it a lot easier to do that. So I'm, we're doing, um, our local issue is biodiversity loss, more specifically um, native plants and their importance and why, how they've been lost in Kingston and what the future could hold without them mm -hmm. and how important they are to, to keep and to maintain and grow. So we chose to do the native perennial, the nature native plants, they're easy, easy to maintain and easy to grow because they're already adapted to that environment. Right. So yeah. we wanted to use the native, native perennial seeds so that we can continuously have them and they're not something that you have to continuously buy each year. It's something that you can have and grow and share with other people after you plant them. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, yeah. And how can people um, get involved? How can they support the organization through the sale, but also like in other ways too? Um, so our Facebook page is set up so that we advertise our seed sale, but then um, since we also post other topics and other ways to access different um, conservation organizations and then also other special Olympics organizations in local areas, um, just by checking out our Facebook page and going on and seeing what we post and keeping track or sending us a message to, to ask questions or chat about anything, we will respond, we'll help you out with anything, anything people have. Awesome. And is there anything else that you'd like to add before we end off? Um, well, the seed packets are only $5. So, um, sending us a message on our Facebook page to get an order in before April 30th would be a great way to support a lot of different local organizations or even just liking the page and sharing it with other people that you know around the area would be a great help. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Paige, for joining me today to discuss this initiative that you're spearheading. Thank you. Thank you for having me. listening to the scoop on cfrc 101.9 fm that was Paige talking with us about the native perennial seed sale for special olympics kingston you can go visit their facebook page message them for your seeds and you can support a really great cause in doing so just a few news updates for you folks the Ontario government has extended the state of emergency declaration and stay-at-home order as of 12.01 a.m. Saturday morning. The following new restrictions are in place, just as a reminder to folks. All retail, including essential and big box stores, are limited to 25% capacity or curbside pickup. Non-essential construction is closed. Essential construction has not yet been publicly defined. Playgrounds, camping, 
golf, soccer, and other outdoor sports are closed. Outdoor exercise is allowed, but you are instructed not to gather with people from outside your home. And effective as of today, Monday, April 19th, religious services, funerals, and weddings are limited to 10 people, indoor or outdoor. The province is now directing additional vaccines to the 13 public health units with the worst trends. This may negatively affect vaccine supply in KFLNA, but we will provide more updates as information is made available to us. The government is noting that if you can work from home, you must. Inspectors will be visiting offices, including law offices, accounting firms, and other workplaces to ensure that workers are staying home. There will be checkpoints set up at provincial borders into Quebec and Manitoba, and visitors will be turned away unless their travel is deemed as essential. The Ontario government is calling on the federal government to place further restrictions on international and air travel. And finally, the Ontario government is calling on the federal government to send more vaccines to Ontario. The Canadian government today offered assistance from Red Cross vaccination teams but did not commit additional vaccines. On Friday, the government of Ontario announced several new measures to increase compliance with the stay-at-home order and to address rapidly increasing cases counts of COVID-19. These measures included increased enforcement powers for all police and provincial offenses officers, as well as restrictions on outdoor amenities. Kingston police and city bylaw enforcement officers will not be conducting random stops and residents will not be asked to provide documentation from their employers to validate why they are traveling. Everyone's focus at this time is on public safety and the continued delivery of essential services. We ask all residents to do their part, says Chief Angie McNeely. The city recognizes how important time outdoors is for the health and well-being of residents. City parks, including play structures, benches, paths, and trails will remain open for residents to use. Per provincial orders, any person who uses these areas shall maintain a physical distance of at least two meters other than a person who is a member of the same household, a member of one other household who lives alone, or a caregiver for any member of either household. Don't forget, folks, to stay safe, be kind, and support local while the stay-at-home order is in place. In terms of some services that are changing with the new orders, the garbage and recycling collection and bag limits remain unchanged. Your garbage bag tags may be ordered online or found at some local retailers. The Kingston Area Recycling Center will operate with reduced hours from Monday to Friday, 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. The household hazardous waste depot is closed. The leaf and yard waste drop-off will continue to operate Monday to Friday from 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. and Saturdays from 8 a.m. to 4 p.m. Replacement blue and gray boxes and green bins will not be available during the shutdown and the administrative offices at CARC will be closed and its counter services will be provided electronically. For anyone who uses Kingston Transit, you can renew your passes online at cityofkingston.ca slash pay if you have a monthly pass. Kingston Transit passes will not be available for purchase or renewal at City Hall, but they are available at other sales outlets that provide essential services. You can also make an appointment at City Hall for new monthly bus pass photo identification that can be made on Tuesdays and Thursdays by calling 613-546-4291 extension 1240 and Kingston Transit continues to operate at a reduced service level and you can go to their website to visit the schedule online. Payments for parking tickets or parking permit renewals can also be made online at cityofkingston.ca slash pay.
City Hall and the Payment Centre at 216 Ontario Street will remain closed. Payments can be made through online banking, through your financial institution, and using the drop boxes at City Hall or at 1211 John Connor Boulevard. For taxation or other payments by mail, send a check to City of Kingston. For utility payments by mail, you can send a check to Utilities Kingston. Marriage licenses or Commissioner of Oaths are available by appointment by calling 613-546-4291, extension 1270, or you can email vitalstatistics at cityofkingston.ca. Planning, building, licensing, and enforcement services will continue to be offered by staff electronically or by phone. You can go to cityofkingston.ca for service-specific details or call customer experience at 613-546-0000. The COVID-19 vaccine clinic at the Invista Centre remains open for booked appointments. Residents are reminded to park at the south end of the Invista Centre and access the clinic through the south entrance. KFL and Day Public Health asks residents to not arrive more than 10 minutes before their appointment and to wait in their vehicles or outside by maintaining two meters of physical distance from others. For more information about booking an appointment, you can go to the KFL and Day Public Health website, which is just kflaph.ca. As of today, we have 13 new cases that were reported yesterday, April 18th, in the KFLNA public region. Um, However, 22 cases were recovered, bringing our active case count to 93 cases. We are bringing our numbers down, folks, so don't forget to, um, don't forget that the stay-at-home order is in place and that a lot of things are restricted, and just to maintain close contact with those only in your household and to physically distance, wear a mask, um, and practice proper hand hygiene. I know it's a very difficult time, but we are all in this together. And as long as we come together as a community, virtually, and of course not actually coming together, um, we can get through this and make sure that we are back on track and that we can start to really enjoy the warmer months ahead, um, hopefully. So thank you so much for tuning into The Scoop. We're going to take it to Doug Ford's announcement just to clarify some things for you folks. And then we're going to hear it on our weekly traffic report. So thank you so much for tuning into The Scoop on CFRC 101.9. shied away from telling you the brutal, honest truth. Never shied away from tough decisions. And today, I'm here to do just that. My friends, we're losing the battle between the variants and vaccines. The pace of our vaccine supply has not kept up with the spread of the new COVID variants. We are on our heels. But if we dig in, remain steadfast, we can turn this around. We're down, but no means are we out. In the last few weeks, you've seen me up here every day. We've been ringing the alarm bells for weeks. We pulled the emergency brake for the entire province. We shut down our schools. Most of the province has been in some form of lockdown since last fall. We announced a second stay-at-home order for all of Ontario. And as we saw in the modelling, these actions have slowed the spread. 
They've reduced mobility and avoided the worst case. But we have to do more. The reality is there are a few options left. We have implemented the strictest measures in all of North America. And the difficult truth is every public health measure we have left comes with a massive cost to people and their lives. But we have never shied away from doing what's necessary. And it comes down to two, three things. Limiting mobility, enforcing the rules, and getting vaccines into arms. And as your Premier, it falls on me to make the difficult choices. It falls on me to do what's necessary. So effective immediately, we're extending the emergency declaration and prolonging the stay-at-home order province-wide for an additional two weeks, for a total of six weeks. Outdoor gatherings will now be strictly limited to members of your own household only. Anyone who lives alone can join with one other household. We'll be closing all non-essential construction. We're restricting all outdoor recreational amenities such as golf courses, basketball courts, soccer fields, and playgrounds. We're reducing capacity in big box retail even further to 25%. Beginning on Monday, places of worship will be capped at a maximum of 10 people indoors. To get ahead of the variants that are plaguing Western Canada, beginning Monday, we're setting up checkpoints at all interprovincial borders. We'll be limiting access to border crossings between Ontario and the provinces of Manitoba and Quebec, with exceptions such as work, medical care, or transportation of goods. And we're calling on the federal government to immediately <coughs> tighten up our international borders. We're currently facing the devastating consequences of COVID variants that entered Canada through our borders at the start of this year. We need to do more to stop other, even deadlier variants from getting into Canada and causing, and causing more ha havoc. That means limiting air travel, tightening up our U.S. border, and addressing the countless issues we're seeing with testing and quarantining when people fly into our country. Every week, over 36,000 people from all over the world come through Pearson International Airport. The variants that are causing this inferno, they got in through our borders. And more needs to be done right now. For our part, we are taking decisive action on the ground to dramatically step up enforcement. We have made the difficult but necessary decision to give police and bylaw officers special authorities to enforce public health measures for the duration of the stay-at-home order. I know that the majority of Ontario residents are doing the right thing. They're following the rules, keeping each other safe. But we need to step up enforcement. We need to focus on those who are deliberately putting others at risk by ignoring the stay-at-home order. Those gathering in large groups 
continuing to put themselves and others at risk. So understand the restrictions will be strongly, strongly enforced because they must be. We know that when they're followed, these measures work. They reduce mobility and they do flatten the curve. We know this because we've seen them work before. What we need now is for everyone to follow these rules. These variants are infecting and killing younger people every day. We need more time to continue vaccinations to priority populations because getting needles in arms will help put this pandemic behind us. Through no fault of their own, certain communities are waging a bigger battle than others. 20% of the province has 80% of cases right now. We need, we need to use the limited vaccines we have to focus on the infernal because we will all benefit from getting these areas under control. That's why we're increasing vaccine supply to hotspots by 25%. And we're pressing the federal government to get us those shipments. Every vaccine we receive goes into an arm. Every single one is spoken for. We have seen clinics close and turn people away because we don't have the supply we need. And just today, we learned about a further Moderna delay. And we clearly saw in the modeling, more vaccines means fewer cases. More vaccines mean fewer hospitalizations. And more vaccines means we get out of this sooner. So if there's anything at all the federal government can do right now to get us more vaccines, we need to get them now. I can't emphasize that enough. We need the vaccines now. In the meantime, we're taking immediate action to build unprecedented capacity in our hospitals. We're moving forward with our emergency plan to add another 700 to 1,000 new beds. We don't want to have the use, this, this new, we don't want to use this new capacity, but I want the people of Ontario to rest assured it is there if we need it. And it's been remarkable watching our healthcare heroes fighting on the front lines. And I want them to know that more help is coming. And each of you have the most important role to play. Please stay home, follow the rules, and get your vaccine as soon as you're eligible. My friends, you have my word. We will not rest until this virus is beaten. Thank you, and God bless the people of Ontario. Now I'll pass it over to Minister Elliott. You're listening to The Scoop on CFRC 101.9 FM. What we just heard was Doug Ford's announcement that he made on Friday, April 16th, in which he announced tighter restrictions for the stay-at-home order, which is also being extended until May 20th across the province. Thank you so much for tuning into The Scoop today, folks. We hope that you enjoyed this segment, and don't go anywhere because we have some more awesome programming coming up next, but we're going to turn it over to Joel for our weekly traffic report.
Here's your weekly traffic report for the week of April 19th to April 25th, brought to you by CFRC in the city of Kingston. Road closures are in place this week on Colburn Street, Division to Chatham, closed 7 a.m. April 15th to 7 p.m. July 30th for construction staging. Garrett Street near Division closed until June 30th for construction staging as well. Local traffic may access Garrett Street from University Avenue. Marcus Street, Ontario to King, closed until December 31st to accommodate the Love Kingston Marketplace. Portsmouth Avenue, Hampstead, Hell, Heath to Princess and to Princess to Howard Crescent from April 19th to May 14th. Portsmouth will be closed to north and southbound traffic. Detour routes will be in place. This closure is to accommodate sewer installation and improvements. Wilson Street, Compton to Weller, also closed April 12th to 16th to accommodate Wilson Street water main work. Grenadier Drive at Winfield Crescent. Expect delays while construction takes place around the Kingston East Community Center site. Flag people will be on site to direct traffic. Highway 15, Washburn Road and Sunbury Road. Expect single lane reductions until November to accommodate the Rideau Canal Backwater Culvert Project. Highway 33, east of Collin Creek Bridge to west of Coronation Boulevard. Expect delays due to construction to improve drainage. Construction barrels and flag people will direct, direct traffic around the work zone. Jackson Mills Road near the Campy Trail reduced to one lane for roadside safety improvements but remains open in both directions. Counter Street, Princess to Indian, expect delays until the summer of 2021 while crews construct a new four-lane road and rail overpass. King Street at Beverly, expect lane restrictions starting April 12th as a contractor working for utilities Kingston and Kingston Hydro works to replace a maintenance hole. Beverly to Center, expect a lane closure 9am to 12pm in April for branch removal and pruning. Collingwood to Lower University, expect delays over the next few weeks as utilities Kingston crews replace hydro poles in the area. Portsmouth Avenue, Glengarry to Princess, expect delays beginning April 6th as contractor working on behalf of utilities Kingston installs a new sanitary sewer and upgrades water mains. Princess Street at Parkway, expect these lane closures 7am to 6pm, April 12th to 16th. The westbound left through lane on the east side of the intersection will be closed. Please note one lane of westbound traffic will be maintained. The eastbound right through lane on the east side of the intersection, the southeast corner, will be closed. Please note one lane of eastbound traffic will be maintained as well. At Portsmouth from April 19th to May 14th, Princess will be down to a single lane at Portsmouth in both directions. All turns will be restricted and linear traffic flow through the intersection will be maintained. This lane reduction will accommodate sewer installation and improvements. Highway 15 at Gore, expect short delays as pieces of the main span of the bridge arrive over the next few months. The trucks expected to arrive after morning rush hour will turn off Highway 401 onto Highway 15 and then onto Gore to reach the bridge's job site at the Cataraqui River. All in Counter Street and Sir John and McDonald Boulevard expect short delays as large trucks carrying bridge girders up to 150 feet long arrive over the next few months. 
trucks are expected in the early afternoon and will turn onto Sir John A. McDonald from Highway 401 and then turn east onto Counter Street to get to the bridge site at the Cataraqui River. Each truck will have car escorts to guide it. And that's it for your weekly traffic report. For traffic and other news updates, visit cfrc.ca slash news. Have a wonderful rest of your week, folks. Thank you for listening to The Scoop, produced with the generous support of the Faculty of Engineering and Applied Sciences at CFRC 101.9 FM at Queen's University in Kingston, Ontario, on the traditional lands of the Anishinaabe and Haudenosaunee peoples.